millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. I am Sonny here hosting with Caleb, and today we have a very special guest. We have Ronan Tone and Yu-Gi-Oh!, better known as Micah. Welcome in, dude. How does it feel to be on? Hey guys, what's up? It feels great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I, I'm ready to start this podcast. Awesome, awesome. So we're going to ask you a couple of questions about you, about your channel, just kind of, you know, see how it feels to be you. Uh, mostly, who are you? How did you, you know, tell us about yourself. How did we hear about you? Where can we find you? Things like that. Okay, well, uh, my name is Micah. Uh, better known as Ronan Toad in YGO or Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I live in Seattle, Washington. I've been playing Yu-Gi-Oh since literally day one. And uh, I'm just a huge, huge follower of this lovely game that we call Yu-Gi-Oh. And just wanted to just jump on this stream and see wh- what I can do with it in the very beginning. Absolutely. So you've been streaming for like how long now? Uh, just a couple months. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, how did, how did that start for you? How did you, uh, you know, how did you decide, Hey, this is something I want to do. That's actually a really good question. Uh, cause I don't really know why I started. I just downloaded, uh, the Twitch beta streamer thing. And I just started playing Yu-Gi-Oh and streaming myself and got on Twitch and people just started watching and my friends kind of poked at me to keep doing it so i just kept doing it i gotcha i gotcha that's that's cool i think that's how a lot of people get started with that kind of thing um so i gotta know like have you gone to any like tournaments or have you had any tops that kind of thing yeah like your experience with the game yeah definitely uh i've had a lot of a lot of tournament experience i've been playing since day one uh when i was about 12 years old 2002 I want to say, and uh, I, I played very mediocre, not that meta. Like I played Beast Down with Exodia in it before the Goat ban list, and then I played Beast Down after I love that. that. Yeah, 
Because Painful Choice and uh, Card of Safe Return got you Exodia with the Mana Core of Darkness. Right, and then yeah. I love Beast Down because literally uh, Rescue Cat Last Will is just OTK. Rescue Cat was the <laughs> back then. I mean, it still is. I love that card. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, all the rescue animals except Hamster. Yeah, I actually really want Ferret to become, like, super low-key underrated hype, and then boom, it just becomes, like, a, an X amount of, of money card. All my first edition secrets also want that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you said uh, what, what decks I was playing and, and tournaments experience. Um, I have been going to, to like, meta-based tournaments and playing in, like, meta-based situations for, like, the past four years. Uh, I started in 2000, maybe almost five years now, 2016, uh, a girlfriend that Okay, I, what format was that? That was Monarch format, the Monarch structure deck format. Okay. I had a girlfriend, and we were in Target one day, and I saw the Monarch deck, and I just said, no way, no way, Monarchs are, are back again. And, and before that, I mean, I still played off and on, but I took this really big break from, like, Mermails when they got really good and then Tidal got hit to, like, Pendulums. So yeah. that's a huge time skip. Um, and so I picked it up, and my girlfriend at the time was, like, uh, online and looking at cards, and she's like, I like these Shadal cards. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. I, I just shook my head, and I'm like, I, this is why I quit. I remember this. This is why I took my break, <laughs> because of that 2014-15 era. Um, and so we, I just I just got back in it. I bought. I also got, like, Yosinju's, and I got uh, uh, Despots, and I still had the Mermail deck from my mom, and my mom mailed it out to me. It was crazy. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. My mom has mailed me all my cards that I had since childhood, including, like, my common oh. common swap dupes and ronins. Uh, like, I think I had, before I sold my big, my big collection binder, I think I had a very, very original Secret Rare Plasma from, like, the GX Oh, days. nice. Yeah. And uh, not to mention, like, Frog OTK, uh, before that got banned, like, all my Mermail cards. And so... Right. And then, so after that, I, I just started getting committed. I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just actually get Mermails back in my life. And I've always loved Mermails. It's one of my favorite decks. And then Paleo Frog came along, and then it's just been those two since then, and then Plunder, and that's that's about it. Those are my top three decks that I've been playing for the past past COVID year, at least. So, so right now you said it was Paleo, Plunder, I'm sorry, what was that third one? And Mermail. Mermail. Dude, that Mermail deck, people don't realize that deck is still really good. Oh, yeah, especially since they got Brio back. Yep. Yeah, I like that deck a lot. <clears throat> I love that you can um, still you can still win without the extra deck in Mermails. You can just me Megalo OTK. Like, yeah, literally. And oh, yeah. Mooling Glacier start ripping cards out of your opponent's hand. Like, it's, yep. that deck's still good. Yep. Um... So, it's kind of funny, long-time listeners of the pod, I say long-time, three-week listeners of the pod will know that we actually took our break around that same time, right before Duelist Alliance yep. uh, dropped. It was, yeah, it's because Duelist Alliance, Duelist Alliance dropped that summer, Shadals, Pendulums, all that. We we dropped out the game right before that, 
uh, in response to some stuff getting stolen, as well as some, uh, you know, the announcement of the pendulums. We weren't big fans of the idea. And we just got back in last year. So your time playing from Monarch to now is a lot of the time that we didn't play at all. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So in that time, what's your favorite format, man? What, what was the format that just sticks out in your mind that you were like, I loved the game at this time? Oh, honestly, like if I have to go back in time and play any format, it's, it's post-GOAT all the way up to dad format. That really? Is, so just that entire GX era? That whole GX era is one of the best times of my life, but also like one of the weirdest times of my life. And uh, man, it was just such a such an experience. That was probably my first Gladiator Beast was honestly my first real meta deck. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And you know what's funny is I remember my very first regional. No, I take it back. No, my first. <laughs> we don't talk about that one. My <laughs> second regional. I played against a Glad Beast deck. Keep in mind, this is 2012, 2013. Yeah. You were at that tournament, Caleb. Yeah, I think Justin Fiat. Yeah, I think that was it. I think I think Justin was there too. Yeah, he got first place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the O'Fish incident. Yeah, he was playing Wind Up. That was Shockmaster format. No, 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 no. It wasn't Wind Up. That was when he was playing uh, Frogs. No, no, no. It was after that. Okay, okay, yeah. It was either... He was either playing Shock Lock, Wind Ups, or he was playing Fire Fist. I think it was Wind Ups, though. Because that was... Wind Ups are his favorite deck, and that's why. Because he got, like, first a couple of regionals with it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I remember that. I played against a Glad Beast deck, and to this day, I don't know what he was doing, except things were going in and out very quickly. Yeah. And I beat him, and I don't quite know how or why. It was a long time ago, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all, all I remember is this guy seemed like he was having a lot of fun, which is really the most important thing. That's awesome. Gladiator Beast is just so many so many different variants of that deck. You can play go first, you can play go second, you can play traps, you can play no traps, you can play link variant, you can play tri-brigade. There's so many different ways to play that deck. Uh, yeah, all the Glad Beast are Beast Warrior, aren't they? Uh, Beast Warrior, Beast... Uh, there's like a fish, there's a, I want to say an aqua or a sea serpent, uh, dinosaur, wing beast, like, there's a lot of them though are tri-brigade accessible. Cool. Tri-brigade adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> they're like proto, tri- they're the proto tri-brigade. Uh, tri- yeah. Pr- pretty much. They're definitely pro tri-brigade. So, is that your favorite deck or do you have a different one that stands out? Alright, so, if you guys don't know this by now... I'm a water player, and right. I strictly only usually bring waters to a regional. Uh, but I'll tell you, Gladiator Beast is that deck for me where if I can go back to a format tournament and be like, hold up, we're playing in 2007? <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I just turn around and I just whip it out. Uh, I have a 2011 Glad Beast format deck that I love too. Sorry, sorry for the language. Uh, no, you're good. Cool. Uh, it, it's just my bread and butter for my history in Yu-Gi-Oh! And I miss that deck for so sure. much. But, yeah, I know what you mean. I have a few decks that I just... Oh, I miss it so much. Just, uh... I mean... The one that sticks out to me is Geargea. Interesting. I, yeah, dude, that, that deck... I've always, for some reason... I've always gravitated toward machine-based decks. 
whether it be Geargea, whether it be uh, Pure Machina, back when the structure decks first came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I love that deck. I would run limiter removals and Jinzos and just end Cyber Dragon, oh. Ancient Gear Soldier or whatever. Ooh. Dude, I love that deck. So, and then now... Oh, my God, Earth just, Machine, uh, yes. Yeah, I'm almost done putting Machina and Finitrack together. And I'm going to enjoy it. I've got like three different decks I'm putting together right now. But <laughs> I call that the construction yeah, oh, company deck. I call it, we, we started calling it MIT. Yeah. MIT. I like it's, that. Yeah, it's similar. Machina and Finitrack, but also, you know, the yeah. technology college, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just because just, just it sounds cool. Um, I'm, I, I can't take credit for that, though. I, I don't what, know where I heard that. What are, you, what are your favorite yeah. decks, though, besides Machina? Oh, well, let's see. My favorite deck, which I'm actually in the middle of constructing right now, because all, all the new support they have between when I when we got out and got back in, is uh, Madolce. Yes. Candy Dot deck. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, like, I just always love the way the deck played, how everything searched everything else. Um, I'm only missing like one. I'm only missing a couple, a couple more cards, and I can have the deck fully functional. It's gonna be great. Hilariously, we spent I think like 20 minutes at the end of the last pod talking all about our favorite decks and yeah. stuff. Stainless <laughs> plug. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, if we're not if we're talking about water, which is you know that's that's me. I got to go with Mermail and Paleo, but I also consider Plunder a water deck. Even though it works around attributes, um, yeah, but it basically is a water deck. Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> but have you guys noticed I didn't say Necros? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I didn't notice it, but now that you say that, yeah, I noticed. I just didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> I just don't like. Okay, I know. I know everybody out there is listening right now, and they're gonna be like, "Ronan, you're crazy." But hear me out. I don't like the concept of ritual summoning. That's entirely fair. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I played Drychon when the deck first came out, and I was like, yeah, I, I hate this. Like, I like uh, Gishki, and I like Necroz, and I even like Drytron. I respect them. But it, the bricks that I have, statistically, playing a Ritual deck versus playing I have to go first in Paleo or I have to go second in Grinmaju, kind of like situations like that where you, you, you need the dice roll to count... Uh, I have more bricks with Necroz and Ritual in general than I do with any of the other decks that I play, especially Paleo. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's entirely fair. Like, we don't like Pendulum. Well, Sonny doesn't like Pendulums very much. I thought, I just think they're okay. I, I, I don't think I'll ever actually play a Pendulum deck, though. I gotta respect them, man. Like, the anime made it or awesome, made it so cool. And, uh, again, sorry, sorry about the language. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it's just, it was just such a cool concept, like, and that was also when I was getting back into Yu-Gi-Oh, I'm like, whoa, 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 pendulum summoning? What? <laughs> this what is, is cool. this? And then I prayed, I was like, please, God, please, please give me a water deck, and guess what we got? Dino Mist. That deck is low-key amazing. Low-key amazing, bro. I'll be honest with you, I don't know anything about Dino Mist except that uh, they tried to get it through the creator card. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they pushed it real hard. They'll do it. They'll give it a link or something. I, I swear they will, but eventually. You never know when that'll happen. Do they have any uh, link-based pendulum decks? Uh, no. Not that I... Unless it's that Magistus. 
card, but that's just one link, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Sulfa Chords have a link ah, monster. Oh, ah, do they? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, an, it's a deck where every, literally every monster in the deck is a Pendulum monster, except their Link monster, who isn't even out yet. Oh, that's the one coming out in Dawn of Majesty? Yep. The one that's supposed to break the deck? It doesn't break it, but it's 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 their wheels. Yeah. To the engine that is the rest of the deck. Right. I really love Paleo, so, though. You know, I've never played against Paleo. I was watching some of the highlights and um, what we were actually originally going to talk about today, and we got so just enthralled with what we ended up going with. But uh, the Chalice Line Monthly put on that by MBT, we were going to, they had a Paleo deck get, I think, top four, maybe, Hell in yeah. that tournament. No, I think it was top eight. Regardless, it was really interesting to me to see it play in 2021. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the you know the Paleos are also getting that new Link monster in Lightning Overdrive, um, so that's going to be cool for them. I think I, I oh, have yeah. mixed opinions on that card, a lot of mixed opinions. Yeah, yeah that's entirely fair. We uh, we never needed it, and it requires two Paleos, so you have to use two Paleos. You have to get two Paleos on field. So instead of making Toad, you're making that, and then they get banished, right? So. Then you're having to be like, okay, well, am I going to have to play Imperial Ironwall? Well, that means I can't banish Ronin. So you're, you you start going down these different paths and you start realizing, like, maybe this isn't the best three of in a Paleo Frog deck because it it can, you know, like, non-target remove a uh, a back row, but it, it doesn't negate anything. It doesn't really do much to the deck that it wasn't already doing. You know, it just helps the back row a little bit out, but it ruins the paleos in the banish. That's interesting. And you also, see, this is exactly why we like to have people on the show, because I, I, we never would have thought of that. Yeah, we never, we don't know too much about paleos, so it never would have even occurred to us. So, Paleozoic Cambro roster, I'm just going to read the whole entire card out to you. There is you one, there's one part of the card that I actually really, really, really love. Uh, yeah. And let me, let me just find that real quick. Alright, got it right here. So two Paleozoic monsters. Unaffected by other monster effects, as always, because they're Paleos. You can use only each of the following effects of Paleozoic Camber roster once per turn. You can target one set card in the spell trap zone, uh, semicolon, sent to the grave. And if you do, set one Paleozoic trap directly from your deck. It could be activated this turn. If a set card you control would be destroyed by a card effect, you can banish this card from the field or graveyard instead. And it's just a 1,200 attack, link to. And the hmm. second part of that, where you get to set, that's great. But you have to target one set card in the spell and trap zone. And that could either be yours, or it could be theirs. But you're still having to rely on that, and you're still using your own resources. Uh, which, which is something Yu-Gi-Oh! has really taught me about trap playing. You're really, really watching your resources playing traps. Right. So, what's interesting, though, is it, it's, it's not really like a mandatory auto-include, and if you do include it, it's maybe like a tech one-of for situational spots, right? Yes, and it could be cited out for, hypothetically, a super poly target or, or something, but that just depends on if, if you're looking for control or if your opponent is a threat. Right, right. Interesting. Um... So I do want to transition a little bit into uh, 
our main topic. And I feel like our last question here actually does transition us in, which is let's talk a little bit about the current format. Mainly, how do you feel about it? How do you, you know, what are your feelings from the perspective of, you know, whether somebody is a budget player or whether somebody is a non-budget player, mainly competitive, you know, how do you, your opinion on the current format, how it, st- how it sits? Are we talking about like literally a, a couple days before Lightning Overdrive or are we talking about when Lightning Overdrive comes out? Probably when Lightning Overdrive comes out because this podcast is actually going to air day of release. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, well, I think Lightning Overdrive is definitely going to change the game up a little bit. Uh, I think that that format is going to be pretty fun for me because I get, not only do I get the Paleo Link, but I get the Plunder Crow. So uh, there's that. And I think that the, the meta for it which I'm, I'm looking at right now, is actually, it's really not that bad. Uh, it's a little boring, but I get to have fun playing Rogue. A lot of Rogue decks still get to shine. Tri-Brigade Tri- gets to make a bunch of decks good, uh, which, yep. which are, you know, in my opinion, Gladiator Beasts are going to be pretty fun for me to play. I don't think it's going to be meta, but I think it's going to be definitely a, a Rogue-worthy contender in a, in a small tournament or something. Uh, right, right. And then you got, uh, gosh, what else am I missing here? Can you guys help me out? What other top meta decks are going to be Lightning Overdrive? Uh, Dinos. Yeah. <laughs> Drytron. <laughs> Drytron. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, Drytron. Well, we already dealt with it before, and I tell everybody, you got to side D-Barrier. That is the best, one of the best trap cards ever produced. And I don't know why people it's don't play good. it. I think... It might be something of, I don't, is it neither player can special summon whatever type, or is it only your opponent? Uh, I want to say neither. I think it might be a little matchup dependent, is the only thing, but even then, I don't know that it's entirely not in everybody's, at least the side deck, right? I mean, it's a great side. yeah, I think it's one of those cards when people are trying to figure out their side decks. Um, it, it might be in their early side decks, but they end up decking out for something else at some point during development. It's yeah. not a bad card it, in any shape of the imagination, anyway, in my opinion, anyway. Definitely. And and for someone like me playing traps, like this is a great side for trap players. Uh, it's searchable with Trap Trick, if you're playing Trap Trick in your deck. Uh, also, you know, it's just a great going first card. Against Drytron, against Zodiac, uh, you know, or any Synchro, Ritual, Pendulum, Xyz, Fusion, Variant deck, whatever, but... Uh, Which is like, what, 90% of all <laughs> decks in the game? Right. Anything not Monarch. All yeah, anything that's not Monarch. All we're missing is Drytron to get a link, and then we can start playing Warning Point. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is true. But, I forgot, we are getting Herald, and Herald is very cancerous... And it's going to make... But it's also good. It's going to make a lot of decks that are rogue somewhat faster and a little bit more speedy and like and capable of... Somewhat, somewhat capable of keeping up with meta. So, just to transition a little bit, the main thing that I was hoping to talk about today mm-hmm. was in this current format, in this... Uh, June 2021 time, which 
We have about a month until, you know, if somebody's listening to this in the future, we have about a month from now until the uh, July 1st ban list. Well, whatever day it comes out, we're yeah. basically heading into ban list season. And what we want to talk about is playing budget in this summer 2021 format. Mm-hmm. Some of the better decks you can play, uh, some of the best staple options, some of the best maybe uh, budget interchangeable cards, and the best way to really play this game on a budget in this particular format. So we did want to go over some of the main budget decks that you can play and then we have some different budget categories. Um, and at any time, feel free to just, if you have another one that fits, just throw it in, you know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but first, just for the meme, I have to mention the $5 deck that... I have to mention that it's a thing. It's a whole deck you can build main and an extra deck. Not your Probably not your side deck. You can definitely do the main and extra for 5 bucks. And it's um, basically appliancers with Waking the Dragon and Beals. You can double the debt cost by replacing Beals with um, Raid Raptor Ultimate Falcon as another Waking the Dragon target. Okay. Which is hilarious. I like this. Shout out King Scarlet Yu-Gi-Oh. Shout out yeah. to King Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, no, that I, that just absolutely boggled my mind when I saw that. Yep, and yep, you can build a whole deck for like five bucks. Yep, close to max rarity too. Close to max rarity, because most of the stuff only has one rarity. <laughs> right. Just, so, just, just for the meme. The main things, our main categories here was, we acknowledge that not everybody's on the same budget. Sometimes people's budgets vary. Could be They could vary a little bit. They could vary a ton. You know, The person that's on the $50 budget obviously cannot afford to play for... You know, they cannot afford to play their forbidden droplets and, you know... Invoke should all Dogmatica, which is, you know, a five to six hundred dollar deck, easy, yeah. like easily. Can't afford Lightning Storms. Can't afford this. Can't afford that. Right. So, but even within the budget category, there's different uh, there's different levels of budget. There's, you know, I can't spend, you know, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollars, but I can spend a hundred and fifty, you know, or I can't even spend that. You know, maybe I can only spend a hundred, or even just I can only spend like fifty bucks. Right, and there's ways to play this game in all of those budget ranges. So, the main one that we're going to start with is obviously, we'll start low and work high. We'll start with the $50 category, which, opening it up, obviously there is a uh, a far and away, in my opinion, of these three decks that we've picked here, there's far and away one that's way better, and that's probably Trap all. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Do any of these stand out to you? Uh, I definitely agree that Trap Shadal would be a great recommendation to a budget player or someone in need of a deck to start out with uh, that is looking for, for some competitive action. Uh, man, yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Uh, yeah, so the cool thing about Trap Shadal is you can literally... If you can, if possible, technically, it was all structure deck. So you can go to a Walmart or maybe on TCG. I don't know exactly what the listings are on TCG. 
But technically, MSRP on this is $10. So in theory, you should be able to go to your local Walmart, Target, TCG, whatever, order the decks for $10 each for three of them. And in theory, you should be able to play this deck. That's $30 for the main deck. And then if you want $20, you know, maybe some of our budget staple cards from yeah. later in the video. Uh, or definitely later. pick up a Cross Sheep and a Dimensional Shifter. Those those are two major cards, and that's like 5 bucks for the both of them. Yeah, Gravity Controller's cheap. And then even if you can't find the deck itself for $10 for the whole structure deck and buy three of them, you can also just literally go on TCG and order all the singles you need from the structure deck in common for... Almost nothing. Oh, yeah, like the only expensive card in the entire deck that you can buy for, that you can't, that that's over $5 anyway, is getting your place at a Wendy's at 15 That's for three of them. Right. In fact, it might actually be cheaper, even if you can find the decks at $10, to still just order the cards online. Yeah, oh yeah, then everything else is under a dollar. Um, cross sheeps are about four. Uh, even for the rare? Yeah. Wow. It's like, it's like, it's like three ninety and then like four thirty. Between the rare and the ultra, so I rounded out four bucks. Um, Gravity controller, another really important card, is only about fifty cents. Super dirt cheap. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's about. Yeah, that's about it. Then you know you could spend that extra twenty dollars that you saved, or however much you saved, and go get some of the other staple stuff. Um, I don't recommend picking up DD Crow because with Ariel, it's just triple DD Crow. Yeah, maybe not the best option to tech into the deck, but, but if you go that. Yeah. Was there any deck you wanted to talk about, Micah? Uh, for for budget under fifty. Yeah. Ha! Yes, Paleo Frog. <laughs> I figured. Um, tell us a little bit about that deck and how it works. Well, first off, you're gonna have to buy very like low rarity stuff. So sorry to those who are the the rare hunters, if you will. Uh, we. We love this deck because it is it is by far, in my opinion, the best trap deck that you can possibly play. Uh, and by that, I mean it's all the all the traps are searchable by Trap Trick, which has a common printing, I believe, in yeah. a structure deck. Yep. Yeah, and um, all the frogs are work together with the Paleos as well. Paleos are level two Aqua. They're all Paleos are unaffected by monster effects. But they're considered normal monsters, and this is different. I gotta say this: this is different than playing uh, with with uh, uh, Elvich because Elvich are still considered traps. And uh, now, when you're playing something like Amazement, it works great with Paleo in the new meta coming up, and. I also think that that yeah, price the ability to set your common traps from the to set your uh, your normal traps from the deck is unmatched. Yeah, it's amazing. And and then you got Cambo roster, like I mentioned earlier, will let you. You can say it's amazement. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, Cambo roster helps set and everything and activate. It's kind of like a mini trap trick, if you will, without having to banish your own copy. But uh, yeah, and then you make Toad, and and not just Toad, but you have Opabinia and you have Animal Calaris. And you got the whole party right there, man. I, it's one of the most underrated decks. And every time I beat someone with Paleo Frog, they look at me like, I just lost a Paleo Frog. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the most expensive card in that deck is probably Totally Awesome, which now that it's got the rare printing, is like, what, $4? Yeah, yeah, four, four to five bucks. Four to five bucks. 
Yeah, and, it, and um, and even then, I assume it's a case you don't need it. Mm. Is it is it is, is it like a three of or you don't absolutely need it, but it's great to have. It's a three of, in my opinion. I, you can play it at two okay. if you were like, if you were really trying to like, if you couldn't get it. If you're like, oh man, I only got two. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let that be your excuse, but I'm gonna give you my third one to borrow for the tournament if you're playing frogs <laughs> and I'm not, because I want you to play three freaking frogs. Fair enough. So, outside of the Toad, I don't think there's really a card over $5 in the entire deck between common printing, structure deck printings, and things like that, right? Uh, sorry, can you repeat that question again? I said, I don't think there's really a card in the deck that's over like four or five bucks outside of Toad itself, right? Uh, I don't believe so. I think all the, all the frogs are reasonably priced except for Ronin Tonin. Uh, let me pull that up real quick. I believe Ronin Toten, as we speak, uh, its highest, its highest rarity is $15, but its lowest rarity is, like, a buck. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah that's not bad at all. That's, I think that's definitely within, uh, you know, within the range of, yeah. you know, it's still budget under $50. Now, granted, sure, not every deck we talk about here is gonna be right in that range, especially... Obviously, once you include some hand traps, like if you want to put in a playset of Ash Blossoms, you're over $50 right there. But yeah. you can play these decks without the Ash Blossoms using other budget alternatives. And you can build out and flush out a 40-card deck, inside deck, and extra for right, right. in that $50 range. It's, oh, yeah. a lot, it's do- doable. Oh, yeah. I mean, in one or two cases, you might go a little over to 55 or 60 but that's, that, it's, it's fine. Right. Uh, the other deck that I wanted to talk about that I've actually played against in tournaments recently is PK Fire. And... Even to a certain extent, uh, you have, uh, is it Trap Burning Abyss? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's like Trap Burning Abyss and then PK Fire, which is Phantom Knight Burning Abyss. Right. Where it kind of combines the Burning Abyss stuff with the Phantom Knight stuff because they're all level 3 dark monsters. That So it kind of flows them together. They kind of flow into each other great. Right. Burning Abyss is all shit with their trap cards. Yeah. Yeah, and then even if you... Even if you're just running pure Burning Abyss with the trap lineup, you can easily throw in stuff like Torrentials, which you can get for pennies. Oh, yeah. And flush out the deck, and you don't even need the PK stuff, which some of the PK stuff is kind of expensive, but I mean... Well, I mean, the only expensive PK card is... is uh, Torn Scales. Torn Scales, which are 15 apiece, which you only need if you're doing pure Phantom Knights. If you're not... And you're doing like Phantom Knight, Burning Abyss. You can get away without them. You don't, or even just one, and you're still under fifty. Yeah, even just one, you're still under fifty. Did you guys ever play Fire Lake in uh, in Burning Abyss? No, I've never played Burning Abyss personally. In fact, I've only played against the deck a few times because we weren't in the game. We we left the game right before that deck released. So we right. like for the last like five years that that deck's been topping and stuff. We just haven't been in the game. Yeah, totally. That, that deck. Is what what is your experience with the deck? Woo! <laughs> Shoutouts to my best friend, Jake. Uh, he is one of my best friends out here, and he plays uh, Burning Abyss and Phantom Knights and PK Fire. I mean, he is like, he's the guy that knows all the dark combos of decks. I'm the guy that knows all the water combos and water-based decks. It, it, we, kind of, we kind of talk to each other about strategies towards each attribute. Because, you know, I'm always coming in with Mermails. So if he sees me coming in with Mermails, he's like, uh-oh, he's going to play something crazy. I better go with something trappy like uh, PK Fire or, or sorry, 
PK Fire Trap or whichever one of the two trap. And that deck, dude, Burning Abyss, Phantom Knights, and PK Fire together, all three are something that I personally, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get my hand or I'm screwed right now. Because this, yeah. this is something that you really, really need to be prepared for. Beatrice, Dante, the whole, like, oh my gosh, Chirabini, like, Chirabini for cost, it's I always forget deck. that. I always forget Chirabini for cost. Yeah, it's a good deck. Dude. Oh yeah, and like bef- and like before Premium Gold, the only expensive card in the entire deck was Beatrice. Yep. But with her reprint, you can now get a Beatrice for under a dollar. Right, you can get Dante's or Commons. Almost everything is either Gold Rare or Regular Rare. The deck is really, like, dirt, dirt cheap. The well, only... Oh, and before uh, Ghost in the Past, Fog Blades were expensive, but now they're only, like, a buck or two, so... Yep. I, I definitely gotta say, like, Common Dante is the most OP card in the deck. I mean, not only does it mill three and boost and do all the same effects that a normal Dante does, but it stares at your opponent in the face and says, Do you know who God is? You're looking at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that, that is kind of what it does. Whenever I see someone beat me with Common Dante in a in a BA deck or PK deck or whatever, I, I shake their hand strong. Gotta give it to Common Dante. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, the next up, we got Salamangrates. Now, the most powerful card. Now, the most expensive card in the deck. Normally, this is going. I don't care about budget. Would absolutely be the Access Code Talker at one hundred and ten dollars. You don't need it. Uh, without the Access Code, you can put the whole deck for under fifty bucks. The most expensive card is Baylinks at six. Right, and I mean, if somebody listens to this a year from now, they'll say, "Wow, Access Code is one hundred and ten. That's wild." Okay, okay, well, the Megatons haven't hit yet. It hasn't been reprinted. We yeah. expect the reprint coming soon. So. In six months, this deck could be realistically played for, even with access code, under $50 to $80. But for now, it with access code, it would probably run you around 150 Yeah. But you can play it without access code. You can sub in something like Crusadia, uh, Crusadia Abermax. Uh, Boral Sword is really right. great. So you have other options there, but access code talker is one of the best cards in the deck. So not being able to play it does hurt the deck. So, but other than that, like you said, the most expensive card is Baylanks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I, it's I, a cheap I, deck and it's powerful. And and it's an anime deck. <laughs> Shout outs to anime decks. Yeah, and it's an anime deck. That is always always critical. I uh, am Speaking a very of anime. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. No, do you think? Uh, my personal favorite anime deck that I still try to find a way to make good. Is legendary fisherman? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I hope it happens one day. I really do. Well, where's I, the ba- where's the legacy support for legendary fisherman? Come on, Konami, get on this. <laughs> we, yeah, come we, on. We got legendary fisherman two because we got one, then three, and then we got two. And I played a mermail legendary fisherman phantasm variant that I saw in the OCG, and I brought it to a local one day, and I went three one with it. No. That's awesome. I also need to mention. Uh, in the budget for under fifty dollars, uh, there there was a question that you guys asked me earlier that I'm also gonna throw into this, and you were Go for you it. Know, about my experiences and topping and, and everything. I've gotten I gotten my invite four years in a row, not just with Paleo each year, but with Phantasm being my first year ever ever topping, and it was Zoo Norden. Like Phantasm Spiral. Yes, it was Zoo Norden format, and John Moore has a video. Wow. On it. And I went, I got. X 
I went X 2-1, I believe, and the one tie. And uh, two of those rounds were like buys or no-shows, and that's totally fine. But still, I got 15th place with it, and I went to Chicago that year for the Nationals. I had a great time. I met uh, Chris from uh, from Rogue Hero, or slash Innovation YGO is his old his old name, but Rogue Hero. Shout-outs to okay. Rogue Hero. Uh, I met him there. I met YGO Paisano. I met a bunch of... I got uh, Yugi Nono to sign my stomach. I'm the guy in his video that he signed someone's <laughs> stomach. And yeah, it's just uh it was a great it was a great time, man. Phantasm, that deck, I tell everybody, please give this deck a shot. This deck is so underrated. Uh somebody topped with Eldritch Phantasm uh recently on an Impul forty video, I believe. And like that that it's so cheap. Everything's common. You you, you only need floodgates and, and like back row, you know, it's it, and, and Megalo Smasher X. That's the only monster that you play. And then you just constantly make a token. What's hilarious is I bought a collection from a guy, oh gosh, I don't know, it had to have been eight months ago at this point, and I buy this collection, I'm going through it, I mean it took me weeks to go through all this stuff, and as I'm going through everything, I look, and I, he's got in a deck box the entire Phantasm Spiral deck, and I literally, remember, at this point I only been back in the game a few months, I looked at it, I was just like, what in the world is this? I started reading the cards. I started looking at it, and I was like, "Oh, this is good, but it's funny." <laughs> it's not meta relevant at all, but it it can definitely surprise someone if they're not prepared for it. And the ability to run things like skill drain just oh yeah cannot be understated. Okay. Now now talking about speaking of anime decks, moving on to the one hundred dollar category, we have co talkers. Yeah, you can build a Code Talker deck for under 100, except, of course, Access Code Talker. Yeah, we, that, that's going to be a recurring theme here. Yeah, but, like, the most expensive card in the deck is just straight-up Synet Mining, which are about $5 a piece. Um, let's see, and then you also have an X, a $10 Xco, $10 Firewall, uh, the Corruptor Iblis are about 12 uh, for a play set. That, uh, and you need bay lengths for this. You need a bay lengths for Salamangra, and you also need bay lengths for this, and they're like six bucks a piece. Yeah, and then you also need a lean Karibo, which is about five dollars because it only has one printing. Um, no, it's got two. It's just that even the commons are five dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, for about sixty-five. You, yeah, for, so basically, you get all that for about sixty-five dollars. Everything else for the deck can get for under ten. Do you think that yeah. the deck can work without excess code talker though? Probably, I think you can sub in Crusadia Avermax, and it would. Yeah, it would. Avermax or Bor or Boral Sword again. Hear yeah, I think you would have to put in both, and it would be situational. What do you think about uh, Zero Boros in the deck for for the rank four? All right. Well, here's the catch. You're gonna have to tell us what it does. Oh, Zero Boros! <laughs> That's my favorite link four, bro. Shoutouts to Zero Boros. Let me just pull up its text real quick and read it completely. Okay. Topologic Zero Boros. Card text. Two plus effect monsters. Uh, it is 3,000 attack, and it's link four, so no defense. Uh, you cannot right, right. special, you cannot summon or set monsters to any extra monster zone this card points to. And it's got the top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right. So a square. Uh, if another monster, or sorry, it gains 200 attack for each banished card, period. If another monster is special summoned to a zone 
a link monster points to, while this monster is on the field, colon, banish all cards on the field once per turn during the standby phase of the next turn after this card was banished by its own effect, special this banished card. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it in paleo text. Uh, link four into topologic zero boros, okay, in my left zone, let's say, and I have no other monsters on field. Then I special summon dupe frog, or uh, sorry, uh, Ronin Toten by banishing dupe frog for cost. Ronin Toten lands on the bottom right corner of topologic zero boros zone, and the whole board is freaking wiped. And not only that. He comes back. Let's say your opponent doesn't get anything. He comes back and blows up, or sorry, and gets uh and gets two hundred plus. So for each banish, so he's basically a grin maju and a board wiper and a constant revival. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's de- yeah. Uh, I, while you were dis- while you were explaining the effect, I actually went on TCG player real quick. Um, you can get them for under a dollar. You can get them for under a quarter, like twenty cents. Here's one for thirty-eight. Dirt cheap card. You might actually have it in your bulk if you bought the structure deck Rocket Revolt. Yeah, yeah, you de- yeah, because it was in there. It's also in Battle- Battles of Legend Armageddon. Both times it was an Ultra. And and what's awesome about Paleos is you can special summon a Paleo uh, to one of the zones, and the Paleos are unaffected by monster effects, so they're gonna stay. And everything else is going to be destroyed. Wow, that's yeah. I don't just like Zeus. I don't exactly. I don't exactly know if it's like super duper playable in Code Talkers specifically, but it's always an option, right? Because the beautiful part about having that flexibility is that if you wanted to, I think. The deck's really hard to play without Axis Code, Darker. It just yeah. is. Oh, yeah, because Axis Code it has a lot of interactions with... Uh, the other Code Talkers. Yeah, and then also there's a spell card whose name escapes me at the moment that interacts with Code Talkers as well. Are you talking right. about the, the one with all of them on it? The Secret yeah. Rare one? Yeah. 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 Uh, and then there's the Code Talker Trap card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it's playable without it, but that said, the deck's better with it, of course. But oh, yeah. if you're not if you're not playing it, you can play something like Topologic Zero Boros, something like uh, Boral Sword, Boral Sword, whatever. You can play one of these cards and still, or you can even play two or three out of those, depending on your extra deck space and tightness, because the deck can easily link climb into something like that. So, I mean, the beauty of it is. As long as your extra deck accommodates it, you can play multiple of these Link 4s and kind of adjust your game plan accordingly to whatever situation is happening. Oh, yeah. Now, the next one is one that is very near and dear to my heart, which is Fluffle. So, people that have followed the Chalice Line monthly or follow MBT really closely might already know about this. Some people might be hearing about this for the first time. This is a deck that it released, I believe, firstly in, like, 2015, 2016. It was waiting on some support cards for a really long yeah, time. Um, it started actually started out as a as an anime archetype in the Zexal anime. Wait, really? Yeah, okay, okay. So, like, the Zexal anime starts out with the main character at this school. This other it. dude... Yeah, uh, this other dude who 
was pretty much just the exact same person as the people who use as the guy who used uh Morphtronics from Five Ds. Oh my oh, yeah. god, that same is that guy! Design. Whoa, that is that guy. That's the same but design. It's not, it's, <laughs> but no, 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 it's the Fusion Dimension form of him. I never um, thought about that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he com- so he comes wow. out and he used Fluffles because it's a Fusion deck. And he's from the fusion dimension, because that's the way the anime works. What's really cool about his character, uh, like, his character in general, is that he's a freaking sociopath. And and yes. he, he's just so psychotic. And, and he'll he'll be playing it cool, and he'll be like, alright, cool, I'll summon Fluffle this, Fluffle that, Fluffle whatever. And then his opponent's like, huh, Fluffles, these are stupid. And then he summons Edge and Saber, or plays like Fluffle Fusion, and then his fucking eyes just widen... <laughs> Like like Merrick, yeah. and he's just like you aren't even ready for this fusion soaking, and he like closes his hands together and like just gets and like all the way Five Nights at Freddy's all of a uh, sudden, yeah, yep. and he just becomes he like laughs with his tongue out and like just like like crazy. I I I have moments like this kid uh, where I'm I'm laughing maniacally whenever I make three toed in one one turn. Dude, it's so I do. It's so fun, and the funny thing is that the deck. Okay, so oh, Arc V. As not, far as not, like not Zexel, Arc V, guys. Arc V, thank you. Yeah, we're still stuck in the Zexel era. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I got some people on my stream right now, and and they're uh, cor- they're correcting me. <laughs> so oh no no no, no we, we like, like corrections. corrections. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. <sighs> okay, so it's really rough, rough for us because we left in the Zexel era, so we still think like. We have trouble remembering all the different... It's like, there's been like three animes since we left the game. So, it's super difficult for us to keep track of, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like after 5Ds, it gets fuzzy. Yeah. So, but the thing that I love about this Fluffle deck is that it is currently... Like, they have a Discord server literally just for innovating this Fluffle deck. Because the deck right now is kind of going through like a renaissance of being innovated on because they had a guy that him and his friends were talking he already had his invite and they said you should enter the extravaganza with a different deck because he plays dino a lot and he said well what would i play and they said well play fluffle and he laughed at them and then they said no no read the cards and then he read the cards and he decided to play fluffle because cards are all broken like if you actually sit down and read all the cards for Fluffle, the cards are insane. They Every card adds another card or more. Like, the ability to recycle Toy Vendor, which is a soft once per turn. You literally, every time they get sent to the graveyard, you add either an Edge and Sabres or a Fluffle monster, from or Fluffle card, I think, from deck to hand. Which is insane. And it's a soft once per turn. One Foolish Burial Goods is full combo. Plus, literally... Full combo. And Vendor and Wings, man. Vendor and Wings. Yes, being able to recycle Wings, just the ability to Vendor send, you know, <clears throat> the ability to send Wings to the graveyard, banish Wings and another Fluffle, draw a card, send Vendor, draw another card, get a search off Vendor. It's literally insane. And then with the new combo, you can run something like Necrofusion and recycle your Wings. So you only have to play one. Necrofusion now they're all is playing. spicy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it's, it's good. Um, and, like, the only expensive cards out of the entire deck, you spend about 50 bucks on your playset of Penguin, your Fluffle Octopus, and your Fright for Kraken. You spend about 50 bucks on that. 
and then you can get everything else for, for what? Pennies. Pennies. Because Pennies. Pennies. They, they all have multiple printings, all at common. Um, it's just that those cards only have one printing. And I think Penguin and Octopus are currently undergoing a weird buyout situation right now as well. That's the only reason that those cards are expensive. Octopus was pennies. It was like a 20 cent card. Now it's like an $8 card. Fluff, uh, Penguin was the same way. It was like 50 cents. You know why? And now it's like 7, seven 8 bucks. bucks. You know why? Yeah, because it's because it got top 4 and top 16 at the Jocelyn Monthly and it came within two places of topping the Elastic Extravaganza. Even better. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's hear it. Rank 4 into Bahamut Shark. Bahamut Shark Effect. XE's Toad. Summon Toad. Yup. That's did, only like we did a it, small part of how broken the deck is. That, that's only a small part of how broken the deck is. Like, it's oh, insane. Yeah. It's just a thing that they can do. Yeah, which is an insane thing that they can do. And for those of you who don't know, Bahamut Shark's only about a $5 card. Yeah. So you pay 5 for the Bahamut Shark, 4 or 5 for a Toad, and then, what, what did we say, like $40, $50 for the rest of the Fluffle engine? Uh, yeah, outside of the Octopus, Penguin, and Kraken. Even better. Yeah, so... Go ahead. You can, you can uh, play Barnyard. Have you guys ever heard of Barnyard? No, what is that? Uh, it is Fluffle, B.A., Shadal. That sounds like fun. That's, that sounds like a lot of fun. It is amazing. Uh, Shout-outs to Sam Cox and Team Bropire. Shout-outs to Yugi Nono. Uh, Sam Cox is a genius player. I don't remember. I think he lives in Oklahoma. He's one of the best players in Oklahoma. And, like, play, he played during that whole entire uh, Arc-V formats of having to deal with all the crappy little uh, uh, Performa Pal cards that we got in the packs. But, like, as long as, like, Fluffle's been in those packs, all the way, all the way, all the way until... Gosh, I want to say until Link format, he was playing something similar to that. He's playing Barnyard or just Fluffle in general. Fluffle don't even have a Link, and they're still they're still freaking amazing. I love that deck, dude. That deck is awesome. My favorite thing is that. So I didn't. I never thought about it, but one of the new innovations that's just come out in the last like week. I mean, this is really new for the deck. Is they will they have a they have a combo where. They go through whatever the combo is, they their line that they go through, which I, I actually, hilariously, I have the deck sitting on my desk three feet from me built, and I haven't learned the combos yet. But they'll go through using Lilith, Lady of Lament, to search Necrofusion if they didn't hard draw it. What? They'll pile up their... Yes. They will pile up... They use um, they use the Pendulum Monster, Fright for Meister... To search Lilith Lady of Lament, they'll load up their graveyard with all the Frightfurs, I mean, with all the Fluffles and Edge Imps that they need. And their end board is really unassuming. It's like a three Negate Opelousa, an Artifact Dagda, and two set cards. That's the amazing. The thing is, this, the, here's the hilarious part. Oh, and a Cross Sheep and a Dag. No, it's not even a Dagda. It's just an Opelousa, a Cross Sheep, and hilariously, Two set cards. And the t- two set cards every time are Necrofusion and an Artifact Scythe. And what you do is you Necrofusion, go into a Tiger, you can pop like five. Yes. yes. And then you pop your Scythe. Yes. And you lock them out. Bro, dude, that's what I do with Mermails, basically. <laughs> yep. 
Oh yeah, man, it's great. And then you could even you could even link or uh, yeah, you could link in a needle fiber in uh, in Fluffle somehow. I've seen it. And then you can go into TG Wonder Magician, TG Wonder Magician, pop uh, your scythe, and then boom, scythe comes out. Wait, Wait is, is one of them a tuner? No, they don't have any synchros, but you can play you know a hand trap with like like one of the ghost girls that are tuners, like Ash. I think Ash is the only tuner. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay yeah. Uh, Dang, I never even thought about that. Yeah, and I, I I play I play that all the time. When I play Dagda in, in Mermails and I can't get to Dagda, then I just go into TG Wonder Magician. Yeah, the, so you can like you can literally buy this deck, probably foil it out in a lot of ways because hilariously this deck doesn't run like Ash Blossom or things like that. You can buy the entire deck as played in the Chalice Line monthly mostly. For probably around eighty dollars, this is a deck that's beating Eldritch. This is a deck that's beating Dragonlink. This is a deck that's beating some really good tier one decks. Because guess what? Pop four, have an Opelousa with three negates, and have uh, and Scythe lock your opponent is turns out it's pretty good. Oh yeah, how many decks can really deal with that? Uh, not a lot. The only issue with the deck is that it's ridiculously complex. People don't understand. You will get decision paralysis from this deck because every opening hand you have eight hundred million lines of play, literally. Because every card does something else; it all searches out another. Every card searches. So when you have every card searching, you have to think about which cards to search at every junction. Which card's better? Which card's better in this situation? Which card's better in this situation? You know, do I have have I baited the Ash Blossom yet? Do I want to go for this or to the... It's, it's insane. Having Fright for Patchwork, having Edging Up Chain, having Toy Vendor constantly searching and recycling. It really is a busted deck. It, it's broken. And it's good. It's got its weaknesses... But it's good. Well, I mean, what deck doesn't have its weaknesses? Yeah, but I am in... I am in uh, Ronan's streaming right now. I'm in Micah's stream, and do made a good point. Deck dies to troll. I mean, it dies hard to troll. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, <clears throat> but you know, that's just one of those things you got to keep in mind when playing the deck. Yeah. So. Bet- better have that call by the Graven Hand. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, so... Yeah, the last deck we have listed here for under $100 is actually Prank Kids. Yeah, it's like right in there in that $100 range. Oh, yeah. Um, the only expensive cards are Prank Kid Place. They're like $20 a piece. You need two of them, so it's like 40 bucks right there. And do and a Doodoo Doodle Do, which is like 12 bucks. Uh, Everything else is... Yeah, <laughs> Doodoo. Anyway, uh, Doodoo Doodle Doo is, is like twelve bucks. Everything else is under a couple of dollars a piece. You can you can build the deck. You can absolutely build the deck for uh, under a hundred if you. Or right in that range, obviously. Yeah. Like a lot of them play like access code and stuff. And sure, if you want to play the access code, kind of defeats the purpose of what we're talking about here. But yes, you can do it. Oh yeah. Uh, so. Oh yeah. But or you can you know any of those other cards we recommended we be replaced for access code if you're trying to stick to a budget. It's also. Again, Oral Sword. Right. Zero Boros, as Mike pointed out. So, another great card to think, keep in mind. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Do you have any experience with that deck? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, so, I'm going to tell a quick story real quick, and 
I uh, I am not going to give any names because I don't want them to hear and be like, "Yo, why'd you tell this story, bro?" So <laughs> all I'm gonna all I'm gonna say is <laughs> the best player in in Washington in Seattle, Washington at least the best player. He knows who he is. He's got a very very big ego to back it up. And and I love the guy to death. Okay, there's no there's no disrespect to this guy. Uh, he does have a way of getting angry when he's losing, and he does have a way of sharking, cheating, uh, or not sorry, not cheating, soft cheating, uh, and just a, a very not great reputation uh, in the card game community. But he's a good guy, and I have mad respects for him. Anyways, so my buddy Drew went to this tournament at my local. It was an OTS, or it was a box tournament, or a case tournament. I don't remember. I think it was a case tournament. Either way, the best player in Seattle was there. All of his friends were there. I was not there. I, from what I heard, from multiple accounts, uh, basically this dude was playing the best deck at the time, which I believe was Thunder Dragon and in this format and my buddy Drew right, right. my buddy Drew bought prank kids. And this is like the yeah, th- this is before or or, meow, meow, meow. or this guy brought I'm sorry, this guy brought Sky Striker. This guy brought Sky Striker when it was like OP as shit. And and Drew brought prank kids and Drew wrecked him. Destroyed him. <laughs> Two owed the yeah. guy. Destroyed yeah. him. And the no, be- the best based player. Based on your description, like based on your description, of this happened. This is before Meow Meow Mew came out. Yeah. Yes. Way before. This is uh. This is eternal. Eter- eternal format. Like dealing with right, right. Or, or toss format as they call it. I love that name, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Thunder Dragon, Orcus, Sky Striker, toss format. Uh. Yeah. And uh, salad. And salad. Yes. Uh. So toss. Uh. So so basically. My buddy Drew beat the best player in Seattle 2-0 with prank kids. Had to deal with all, all of his soft cheating, all of his, like, you can't do that, or, like, oh, yeah, my card can do that, or, you know, the whole, like, getting antsy towards time of the round, slow playing, right. like, like it's a, it's a big thing in, comp- in competitive, man. Like, I don't, I don't know why, but, it, but people really love to play like that. And, and so, basically, he wouldn't shake his hand, he was completely rude, and he said... You're not even going to make it past the first round at Nationals. And uh, Drew was like, I'm not even going to go to Nationals, bro. He got his invite and everything that day, and he's not even going to go to Nationals. Wow, that's funny. Like, it, I, oh, it was an OTS. Okay, it was an OTS. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, but again, I was not there that day, so I can't give you the full-on detail. But that is that is the story that is going around the shop and the city and... It's it's amazing. I love I love that story. It's one of the best stories to ever awesome. tell about Seattle. So we're gonna jump on ahead here to the hundred and fifty dollar range, which <laughs> we're gonna kind of blow through it because yeah. we are actually hilariously and we're not gonna rush. We're not gonna like rush it, rush it. But we are actually like already over on time. Ooh, it'll be fine. It's not that big a deal. We go over on time. 
all the time because we are terrible at time allotment. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, also our whole time thing is just kind of a suggestion. Yeah, it's kind of a general rule of thumb, not necessarily yeah. a hard and fast rule. Time is, uh, so time first is off, just a perspective, though, if you think about it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, so first off, $150. It's literally just take the Salem Mangrave stuff, buy access code. Bam, $150 spent, you got a deck. Literally, like, just the same deck, just add access code, and you're, like, right at the $150 mark. Yeah. Um, let's see. You can also build the entire Tri Brigade deck for about that much. Yeah, so the Fractals are, like, 25 to 27 and you need two Sure Eggs. Those are expensive. Those are, like, 25 also-ish. So uh, three and two will run you about 125 and it leaves you not a lot. But a little bit to flesh out the rest of the deck. Kits are pennies. Uh, Nervals are pennies. Crosses are pennies. Uh, you can get 10 keys, commons, and stuff real cheap. And at that point, you can kind of flesh in another engine if you want to. There are budget options for other engines out there if you want to do more than pure Tri-Brigade. But you can run pure Tri-Brigade. It is a deck. I don't recommend it necessarily, but it's a deck. It exists. Right. Let's see, and then we got the actual Eldritch core itself, which is about $130 for the whole core. Yeah, the only reason I know this is because I priced it out to sell my Eldritch core the other day, and I was like, uh, Cursed Eldlins are down to 30 30 35 something like that. All the traps are about $4 each, and the Eldl- the Golden Lords are about $4. And I added it all up, and I was like, this is only like $130. It's way cheaper than you would think. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, you can, then you, that still leaves you with 20 bucks to fill out the rest of the deck with. Torrential Tribute, Solemn Strike. Yeah, stuff like that. some traps or, you know, a couple, couple Very, very that. small Zodiac engine, if that's the route you want to go. Just a little bit difficult because... Well, no, Chalk and I just got to go to a reprint, but... Yeah. It's hard to do any kind of a Zodiac engine without Zeus, yeah. so... Yeah, and then, of course, Pure Zoo itself, if you only get one Zeus. The issue with that, though, is then... You really need two Zeus to run that You deck. really need two Zeuses, but you can get away with it, but you're going to be losing a lot because you need that second Zeus. The only thing about Pure Zoo is that there are ways to buy it with two Zeuses and still get the whole deck, which is specifically if you can get a deal on two Zeuses, because I know there's places you can find them under $60 now. Like, I think I sold one online for like 59 which is just like 15% lower than TCG Player. It's not like that crazy. But if you can find one in that range then you can definitely, like, if you can do two for, like, 120 you can pretty much get the rest of the deck probably in that $30 range. I mean, Ram Rams are cheap, Whiptails are cheap, Rat Pierre, you only need one, you know, Thoroughblade's kind of expensive, but you can get away with, like, one, flesh out the rest of the deck with a lot of stun. I don't think it would be necessarily great, but the ability to go Zeus or double Zeus is unmatched. It's so powerful. Oh, yeah. So, buyer beware. Right. Uh, Do you have any of these, any decks that you would add anything to? Definitely. Oh, oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, Shoutouts to my boy Pat, uh, and also, my best friend Brendan. I have, by the way, I have a lot of best friends out here. I don't really know the difference between a friend and a best friend at this point. Everyone's my best friend. It's all love. It's It's all all love. love. Whether you're a friend or best friend, friend. it's all love. Um, Brendan is a friend of mine that comes over to my house a lot or just plays online with me and always plays earth machine right when i'm about to play plunder and it always screws me up and but not just that uh winter kills also has has done a deck profile on it just as deep as he does his mermails 
I mean, it, it, it's almost the same kind of concept. Like, everything's working together like how Mermail Atlanteans do with Earth Machine. Mm-hmm. And and you have so many different routes. You can go Karakuri, you can go Despot, you can go Ancient Gear, you can go... Uh, Super heavy samurai, like, and I know, I know what I'm saying right now sounds like really whack and wild, but all I'm saying is Machina and Infinitrack go with any other Earth deck that you want to play. But Machina Infinitrack for 150 bucks, you can build a good, a good deck of that. I bet you can put two Zeus's in there too. I bet. Uh, you could probably get close. I know the Harvesters are like 15 ish. Um, well, if we play with Harvesters. I know Libe is cheap now. Yeah, are, are we got to reprint recently. Are we just talking about the core? Or are we talking about like vortexes and everything too, or like, or are we talking about like we have vortexes? I'm sorry. I mean, lightning vortex and like droplet and everything for 150. Like, we're not throwing any of those in there. Are we just talking about like the core for for Machina? And well, the old, yeah. So specifically for MIT, like a lot of these decks. Even if you wanted, even if you wanted to build the entire thing, main, extra, and side, you could build them for under 150. But you got to remember that even with something like, uh, you know, something like Trash at All, sure, you can build it for under fifty dollars. But you got to understand, like, you're not going to have like three Ash Blossom in there. You know, you can build uh, Prank Kids for under a hundred, but you know, you're not going to have your access code. You can build, you know. You can build an Eldritch Core deck, but you're not going to have... You know, you can flesh it out with other options. So, I, I would say that MIT, even flesh out 100%, is not... You can build it under 150 without having the super high-end stuff, you know? Definitely. And, yeah, and, uh, you can you can still do that with MIT. You can still do that. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, yeah. now, <laughs> personally, I've got a droplet in mine, but that's because I'm wild. Nice. Got that forbidden drip. <laughs> yeah, I spent entirely too much money on that card, but we're not going to talk about that. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like as far as I know, yeah, the most expensive card in MIT is uh, the Harvester's like fifteen a pop, like Sunny said. Now I got to pull out the deck and look at look through it and see what's actually expensive in here. <laughs> I don't even know anymore, bro. As we're talking about pricing, uh, I got a guy in my chat named Auburton uh, y- underscore YT. And he goes, why is everything in America so expensive? Out here, uh, the whole core of Europe is like 50 bucks. I'm just shaking Are my head. Are you serious? But think about it, dude. Think about it. You're also paying for shipping. You're also paying for the difference between the euro versus the dollar. So, like, I feel like if you just need it, just go to your go to your local store and just buy the deck. Support your local store. I, I feel that, and there is an enormous amount of truth to that. I think... Part of what you have to remember, though, and this is so critical, and people think I'm crazy when I say this, the European market and the South American market versus the North American market is completely different. It's a joke. Almost entire. Well, and it's almost entirely because of round after round after round of stimulus checks causing huge buyouts in the American market. I'm not saying that they haven't gotten... Uh, government aid or government assistance through the coronavirus pandemic in the European countries, but uh, I'll be honest, I don't know that the stimmy checks have caused the buyouts like they have over here. I mean, everything is like triple in price over here. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's. I mean, I'm looking through this deck, and even like 
urgent schedules are like five, six bucks. You've got things like I think heavy forwards are I want to say like six, seven bucks. Yeah, things like that. But oh, the metal crunchers, those are expensive. Those are like oh, twenty bucks a piece. Yeah, yeah, the uh, mocking metal crunchers. You yeah, can, those are expensive. You, you can still. I'm pretty sure if you if you substituted some some typical staples for some very cheaper staples, uh, and maybe like took out. It's down to eleven. I'm sorry. You know, took out a, a a copy of something and replaced it with a cheaper version of 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 it with from a from a different like text of some kind. You know, uh, maybe throw some MSTs in there <laughs> instead of instead of vortex or like whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, you can totally do that. Yeah, I think you can do it in specifically that deck because like metal crunchers are at eleven dollars a piece plus the. Uh, say you run two leaves, those are like seven, six, seven dollars for the reprint version. Um, that's like the only expensive-ish card in the extra deck. You've got uh, the harvesters are like ten to fifteen each. Uh, yeah, I think that deck's definitely realistically buildable, even like complete, pretty much for right at that hundred and fifty dollar mark. That's that's a great observation. I didn't think about that when we were doing show notes. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Oh yeah, but yeah, that that's why we. Yeah, I mean, that, again, that's why we have people come on the show because then they bring up stuff like that. Absolutely. You have any other decks you want to throw in? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think what I, what I've been wanting to get. Uh, <laughs> Infernoble. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't like fire types at all, and nothing against people who play fire decks. Uh, it's just Infernoble was the first fire deck that's that made me say. Wow, I like that. That's a really cool deck. And Infernoble is—I don't know—it's just—it's just cute. Like you could have made VFD with it back in the day. You could have uh, now. Now you can make a whole bunch of different things. There's an Aurorodon combo with like Despots yeah, that deck and stuff. Is so really versatile. Yeah, it's—it's it's got a huge ceiling. Uh, also, for 150 bucks or even under, I'm—I'm I'm just gonna throw some more out there. Uh, Mystic Mine, which I, I also don't like. I also don't like Altergeist, but eh, you know, play Altergeist if you want to try out some trap decks. And uh, Mermail. I mean, Mermail for 150 bucks can get you pretty, pretty far if you don't mind low rarity, if you don't mind, uh, you know, maybe some, some water spam instead of, like, link spam. And, like, you know, there's, there's a whole different option for, for that. And then finally, I just I just want to say, uh, shout outs to, uh, gosh, I just lost it. Uh, yeah, shout outs to Appliancers again. Just play Appliancer. I play it for fun on on my stream, and I I, I just got to say like for five bucks, man. Like just to go back to that, that is by far the best option for anybody in Yu-Gi-Oh. Five bucks. What are you gonna lose? Five bucks. Okay, cool. Bucks, like I said, ten bucks if you get the ultimate falcon instead of the Beals. There right. you go, twenty bucks, and you got some crazy spicy tech that Uncle Mikey over here is going to bring you. <laughs> yeah, I you did mention Mystic Mine, and this was something that I saw in another video earlier today. That I, you know, the more I think about it, we were talking about this when we were doing show notes because we almost included Mystic Mine in the hundred and fifty dollar range. I don't really think Mystic Mine is budget anymore because you almost have to play 
three prosperity that it, it it increases the deck's consistency so much that it's almost just impossible not to play it. Like the the deck without prosperity, that deck becomes like borderline unplayable. I'm gonna... Even without even without prosperity though, the missing mines are like ten bucks each, which I guess is not that bad yeah. considering. Um, but... Pot of prosperities, by the way, are a hundred dollars a pop. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> nice. I pulled two of them uh, out of That's out of really packs. Nice. Yeah, I'm 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 the pack puller of my group. I uh, last pack in in Target. Always, 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 I get the prize card. Um, nice, but, very nice. Hey, every group's got that one guy who pulls like mad. I yeah. ki- I kiss my friends' cards. I'll go and then I'll open it and then I'll show. I'll like give them the whole card. I'll take that one hollow and then I'll look at it and then I'll turn it around and be like, I told you. OTS is like, oh man, you bring me to an OTS tournament, I'll get you all the OTS that you need, girl. What's hilarious is the only time I ever have just insane pack luck, and it's it's every time. It's not sometimes. It's not every other time. Every time I go to any kind of like main event, like a regional, a YCS, whatever. I've been to several regionals. I've been to one YCS. I never fail. To pull insane. I remember my first regional. I pulled a ghost rare. I've pulled fifty dollars secrets. I've every single time. It's like the packs that they send for those are extra stacked to like encourage more people to go. It's insane. I yeah. I, I will um, uh, I say one last thing. Sorry, one last thing. My worst luck. My worst luck is the remote duel extravaganzas, and I've been recording myself opening these packs and just screaming like, "Gosh darn it, freak!" But like obviously, <laughs> obviously not yeah, those yeah. words. And I'm I'm really tempted. The third one is coming in the mail. The next the next one that I'm waiting on. And if I don't pull anything from this one, I'm making that video. I'm gonna make a whole compilation. I'm gonna have pictures or videos of me like punching and breaking and fighting stuff and like ripping stuff apart because I pay twenty bucks to enter this tournament. I I go four four five three like whatever. I don't top. I expect to pull something good for my weight. They give me freaking Merrick packs. And then they give me freaking uh, uh, what? What is the one? The the one with uh, with with Drytron in it? Blazing dumpster fire? No, no, oh, no. no. Genesis Impact. Yeah, they gave me Impact and they gave me Merrick. I would have taken Blazing dumpster fire in a in a heartbeat because it has good cards in it. Somewhat prosperity, you know. Yeah, dude, those other packs are so bad. But I, I I have to say, like sometimes I really really do take out prosperity for uh for the the other pot um extravagance extravagance yes sorry uh i just i just want to draw two i don't care about the one either way you still can't you can't draw for the rest of the turn why not just and you don't need the extra deck so why not just get rid of some random stuff and just draw two if you're if you're set up for it already but like i i yeah I, I and that is true mean. the extravagance is hilariously enough a budget alternative versus the prosperity and mystic mines specifically. Um, just the extravagances and the mines will run you probably close to 130, 140. But the rest of the deck, as far as I know, is like super duper cheap. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Like the cheapest pot of extravagance are about $30 a pot. Yeah, so you can get three extravagance for 90 and then turn around and get your three mystic mines for another 25 to 30. And that leaves you like 25, 30 bucks at least to get all, the rest of your deck, which yeah. in that particular deck, you just get like Poison of the Old Man and Prohibitions and 
stuff like that. Uh, Amano Towato or whatever that card is called. Yeah. And Silent Wobby, I think. Stuff like that. And yeah, you can you can flush that deck out rather cheap. Shout out oh, to yeah, Jeff. Shout out to Jeff. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't want to shout that out. I don't want anything to do with that. I, I lost that deck at the last round of the last tournament I went to. And I was just like, you, Wait, you don't You don't me. support Jeff Litter? Dude, that guy's... He's a dad playing Mystic Mind and beating little kids, dude. And beating 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds. Like, dude's an old... Like, not old, but he's 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 been in the game since day one with his kid. And and he, he can't keep up with the meta. So he's like, I want something slow, like my pace that I can play. And I don't have to think. And Mystic Mind is that deck, dude. And I just respect him so much for playing that deck. And, like, go, getting... Dude, he's gotten tops at ARGs with that deck. and Or PPGs, I think. Uh, so going back to the... There's always that one dude who pulls like crazy. We used to know this dude. His name's Jason, right? Oh, dude. He would go to Walmart and would just kind of look at the packs. He'd pull them out and just kind of, you know... Hold them in his hand. Just hold them in his hand. And go, this is a hollow. This one has a hollow. This one has... A, and just pull out all the blisters ahead of hollows just off of just holding them in his hand just like like they had an aura or something and i swear to god he missed like his hit and miss was he missed once yeah his hit ratio is like way up into the 90 percentile he missed once i've seen that dude pull like walk into walmart and walk out with nothing but like secrets and ultras and supers when they were not guaranteed and like ghosts like i've seen that dude go in and buy 10 packs and pull 10 hollows and Dude's like, dude, you're you're just absolutely cracked right now. Like, yeah, it was crazy. it was ridiculous. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but moving on real quick. So- Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.